0: always jazz hands regardless of whether we're actually video
1: recording this or not but we are i just hit the microphone so there's gonna be weird noises
0: sorry weird noises this is a recorded episode of two girls one ghost two girls one ghost and we are your ghostesses
1: that's corinne hello And I'm Sabrina and I am fully vaccinated as of this morning and experiencing (laughs) some hot flashes and uh, tingling in my fingers. It feels like I am Peter Parker and I just got bit by a spider and spidey senses are coming my spidey senses are coming i'm you might if you're watching this on patreon um don't be surprised if in the middle of a story i just start climbing on the ceiling above me
0: (laughs) and it will be entertaining for all no that's disturbing because (laughs) given the content the topic of this podcast it's like Is it just spidey senses or is it possession? You never know with this uh, world. Creepy. Well, I'm glad that you're vaccinated. Me as well. We had to move the recording up a little bit to try to beat any symptoms that are coming for you. And then, as of this episode coming out,
1: I'll be fully vaccinated too. (gasps) Woo! Got my band aid. Let's see. Oh, look at that. So nice. Yeah, I'm excited. Also, I didn't mean to say that, like, getting a vaccination is going to make you a superhuman. So, But it
0: might, because you never know what the trigger <laughs> is going to be. Like, we have Ant-Man, we have Peter Parker, we have Wonder Woman. You never know what you're going to touch, what you're going to ingest, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what's going to make you a superhero. That's true. You might have the one vaccine that had a little fairy dust in it. Gives you the power of flight or something.
1: Or, I mean, and I don't want the CDC coming after us. So that's why I'm giving this disclaimer, you know? Well, CDC doesn't listen. That's true. No one cares about us. We could say whatever we want. People say worse things on, <laughs> online. Or like Corinne said, I was texting her like right after and I had like worked out and I was like, oh my God, I did my best friend ever. And Corinne said, maybe this is when we find out that you're an alien. And I'm actually...
0: Yeah, because your, your workout was the best stats you've ever gotten in Orange yeah. Theory.
1: I was running 11 minute miles with a mask on. That's yeah. I mean, sorry, not 11 minute miles, 11 miles per hour sprints. That's fast, Sabrina. I know. I, I'm i glitching because I can't even <laughs> imagine going so fast. So I was excited about that. And then I came home and I started feeling tingly and
0: I'm having hot flashes. So now we're recording. I actually saw <laughs> these two women working out together and it so reminded me of what we would look like working out together because one woman was running (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the other woman was just fast walking next to her and they Mm -hmm. were going the same speed and i was like that would be me and you like you would be just fast walking because you're like a runner you're used to going (laughs) quicker and i would be running but i'm not a runner so it would be such a slow pace that like the motion is running but it's the speed of a fast walk i think you give me a lot more credit it's been a
1: year of me being out of shape so i'm just starting to get back into it well i don't know also can we talk about this like beautiful shining light above your fireplace what is this this is my samsung picture frame
0: television why because it's it's like pretty much almost dark out it's very glowy but when the sun is out you can't really tell. Like, when I'm on work calls, people think that it's just artwork behind me. But obviously, you can tell it's a TV right now. because of It does look like artwork. How bright it is. Wow, that's so yeah. cool. It's a Monet painting. I love Isn't it. Isn't it
1: lovely? I like it. I started doing... Okay, well, we should get into stories soon before I pass out. But um <laughs> until then, I started doing... Because you inspired me. A few years ago, you got me a paint-by-numbers, like, yes. intricate painting. And it took me a very long time to finish it. But then... This past like two months, I decided I want to make a gallery wall, but I want like, I really like older, I don't know what period of artwork that is specifically, but I really like that type of look and like the like oil painting like texture. So I started doing more of them
0: and I'm going to make a gallery wall of them. Wait, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's actually such a good idea because then you can pick out your look and then you're involved in it. Yeah. I can be like, hey, I did this. You can, it's like a very cheap. Cheaper way of making something awesome. Yeah. I like it. I want to do a paint by numbers. Okay. I'll buy you one. I'll Thanks. return the favor. <laughs> I got you one now. You have to get me yeah. one.
1: Okay. But we're here because this is an encounters episode. And so we're going to read your stories back to you on the podcast. We're going to post to on Patreon two of the stories. And it's like of our video recording, which we are recording via Zoom. And the first two stories we chose are Patreon donor stories. So without further ado, I think I should go first. Absolutely. Because you always go first and who knows my longevity? Like I might
0: spontaneously combust. I feel like we're going to, yeah, we're going to get to the point where we say that I always go first, but it's going to just like be an absolute (laughs) pattern of like you go, then I go, then you go, then I
1: go. I think we're, it's your turn. We're, We're trying to create some type of normalcy. Okay. This is from... Fabo or Fabian, and it is called, I think your ghost is actually haunting me. (laughs) Hey girls, Fabian here, aka Fabo, LOL, from Oklahoma City. First off, I love the podcast and can't get enough of it. I've always been a fan of the paranormal, even though I'm a huge skeptic, LOL. I'm just waiting for something definite to happen instead of something I can't really explain, which happens to me a lot. I know that's pretty vague, but I'll explain in another email. So I think your ghost might actually be haunting me. And by the way, I hadn't listened to your podcast for like a week or so before this dream occurred. But a couple of weeks ago, I had a dream that I was sleeping on my couch and something in the corner of my eye caught my attention and it woke me up, but I couldn't move. All I could do was move my eyes and look around. What I saw kind of looked like a baby with like shadow swirls around it. I don't know. But once I realized what I was looking at and I heard the sounds, it sounded like it was ripping through something. And then it hit me. This weird baby shadow thing was eating my dog. The next thing I know, I'm sliding off the couch onto the floor. And as soon as I hit the floor, the baby looks up at me. It eyes me like the same black shadow shit that was surrounding it. And it had a bunch of sharp teeth and blood around its mouth. And I started freaking out. So by the time I hit the floor, I'm able to move again. So I start crawling backwards on the floor and this baby starts chasing me. It grabs my leg and is trying to crawl up my body. And as soon as it gets right in front of my face, I wake up. I wake up in my room in a cold sweat and breathing frantically. And I couldn't go back to sleep for a minute. But when I did, I went into another dream. This time, both of you were in it as well. And all I can remember from this dream is that we were in some type of church Kind of like the one from Silent Hill. And one of you was pregnant. Yeah, I know. Weird. But um, the one that was pregnant, and I honestly think it was Corinne. I'm
0: sorry. But finally, it's not me. That's really ironic. I'm going to stand up because I I ate uh, wheat and I'm not supposed to. I'm going to show you my big wheat belly because I literally look pregnant right now. Which is what's concerning me. Oh.
1: Oh. <laughs> you see this? You do not look pregnant. Well, when you I hold do. it like that. <laughs>
0: My wheat belly, it's out. I could do that, too, at any point. (laughs) But the thing is, is you can suck yours back in right now. I can't. It just is. I
1: get that feeling, though. That's what happens when I eat dairy and drink alcohol. Um, Okay, so Corinne was finally the one pregnant and not me. So Corinne was strung up by her hands and feet, and you could tell that the baby was trying to rip out of her stomach, and it did. Jesus. And as soon as it did, the baby started screaming this insanely loud cry, and then I woke up again. I shit you not. The first thing I said was, damn, I guess I need to listen to Two Girls, One Ghost. I love you girls and keep up the amazing work you do. Love, Fabo. P.S. I hope one day you can make it to Oklahoma City and do a show or even just to visit. I'd take you girls out and show you the city and get a couple of drinks or something. Fabo. Well, that sounds
0: lovely, but I'm I'm shocked that Fabo's takeaway from that experience (laughs) was to actually listen to more ghost stories.
1: That's the only way to save us. That's true. Ghost was like, you need to listen to Sabrina and Corinne. You need to listen to Two Girls, One Ghost. Otherwise, they're going to
0: suffer. A baby's going to rip out of Corinne's belly. This is actually, I'm disturbed by this because it's reminding me of a recurring nightmare I had when I was really young. Like I was like five at the time in my dream and pretty much when I was having the dreams, which is even more disturbing. But in the dream, I was laying in bed with a woman who was pregnant, who was probably like in her early 30s. And remember those um those like wind up teeth, those like dentures that would be like da, 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 da. Oh my god, yeah. Like why does the I don't know why those toys existed though. Yes. But it was in the bed and it was like attacking her and taking chunks, like literally ripping her <gasps>
1: apart.
0: <gasps> what? Ew. Oh my god, I hate that. Yeah, and this but this reminds me of it. And now I am the pregnant person.
1: I'm I also am curious if you're giving birth to that baby that he was first dreaming about.
0: Because the way that it like ripped out of your stomach makes me think it's like a... Yeah, am I giving cannibalistic... Is this a premonition? Am I going to give birth to like Damien, like the omen child? (gasps) I don't know. I'm disturbed. (laughs) Fabo, now you've created a fear.
1: (laughs) Well, it sounds like he listened to our podcast again after this. So maybe, um, maybe we're okay. I sure hope so. Oh my God, that's disturbing. And also that's just a terrifying dream. Terrifying. I would not be able to go back to sleep.
0: That's honestly, that
1: is the worst experience because I feel like oftentimes when you have a really, really good dream and you wake up, you're like, damn, I really want to get back into it, but it's impossible to get back into it. Mm -hmm. But when you have a nightmare and you wake up from it and you're terrified, I feel like it's so easy
0: just to slip back into it and you're like, no, I want something good. That's so true. And I don't understand why. Like, is it is there something happening outside of our power when it comes to dreams that's essentially like ripping us back in and our will to leave is not strong enough i don't know or is it simply just so terrifying that our brain can't help but continue get to rid it of off. it it's like the anxiety or it's like repeat itself repeat itself repeat itself repeat right. itself
1: and the more you try to like get rid of anxiety the more anxious you get because it's like yes you're it's thinking too like much you're about getting it.
0: anxious about the fact that you might have anxiety <laughs> familiar <laughs> it's the worst oh man Okay, well, I have one from another one of our our Patreon donors. This is from Anna, called Flashes of the Past. Ooh. Hey, ghostesses. I've been a big fan of your podcast for over a year now, and I truly believe that while your episodes often scare the bejesus <laughs> out of me, it helps me be less scared of the paranormal overall. Kind of like ghost immersion therapy. Yeah. <laughs> does that makes sense? Yes, I think it does. Yeah. I still won't watch horror movies, which makes my husband sad, but <laughs> at least now I can hear about paranormal things and still sleep at night. I know, pretty big chicken over here. Anyways, I was listening to one of your episodes the other day while I was cooking dinner and y'all started talking about past lives, the friend with the hip pain from a past life. I had to write to you my experiences throughout my life. For as long as I can remember, I've had strange Strong reactions to certain situations that I firmly believe are flashes from the past. This reaction doesn't take place every time I come across this particular storyline. Anyway, sometimes when I'm particularly open and I read about a young woman losing her husband in some tragic way, it hits me like a 10-ton truck and I just sob uncontrollably. Now, I know this is a sad storyline, and it makes a lot of people cry when something like that happens, but I can't explain it in any other way except to say that when this happens, I know it's because the same thing happened to me before. Ooh. Except that it hasn't, thank goodness, happened to me in real life. This type of reaction has been happening ever since I was in middle school, way before I ever fell in love or had a boyfriend. The most recent time was two summers ago. I was reading The Great Alone by Kristen Hannah on the couch, not to spoil anything, but there is a tragedy similar to the one that I described above. And the feeling overwhelmed me that I have felt this before and that Ooh. I remembered it or the feeling of it, at least. It was different from being sad about the actual story. It felt like a memory. Anyway, I told my husband about it and he was disconcerted upon finding me sobbing on the couch. And he looked at me like I was only slightly crazy when I was like, sorry, don't mind me. Just flashes of a past life. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna start using that. Every time I'm crying on the couch. (laughs) Just flashes of a past life. Just so dramatic. (laughs) Anyway, I've told my mom about this, and she's a firm believer in generational memory/slash trauma. My family is Polish. I was born here in the U.S., but my parents are both from Poland, and my ancestors lived through some harrowing things throughout the World Wars. One of them had a husband that left and never returned. Maybe it's her memory that's been passed down to me, or maybe it's something that my soul has experienced previously. Or maybe my soul is the same as my ancestors? Who knows? Anyway, just wanted to share. Feel free to include this in an upcoming episode. Maybe I'll write in again with some of my husband's stories. He has some wild experiences. Much love from Texas. See you on the other side, Anna.
1: Oh, Okay, this is something that's so curious to me and I've been trying to read more about it is the generational memory and trauma. Yes. Because, yeah, like she brings up a good point. Anna brings up a good point. Like how do you differentiate between what is a generational family trauma and what might possibly be trauma from a past life? I
0: know, and it's like, I I don't even know how we could ever tell because at first I was thinking like, oh, well, could... It very much could be reincarnation, but then like we previously have discussed, certain people will get transplants of some kind, other Mm -hmm. people's organs, skin grafts or whatever. And these new memories, these new emotions come with that piece of body that didn't belong to them. And that's like someone that was living at the same time that you were living. So it's not a reincarnation event. So I don't know how you'd ever be able to tell if it's reincarnation, if it's truly generational, like what is it? I don't know. But this
1: one does sound like very specific. I I mean, again, I don't know how reincarnation works, but to me, it does feel like, I don't know what I'm saying. Basically, I'm like, I don't know that you necessarily get reincarnated in the same family line. I think that's cool. Mm. And it's a possibility. But to me, I feel like Anna's story is more related to her past life in a way. And the fact that she's been experiencing this feeling ever since she was like young in middle
0: school. Right. Right. And the other thing, when she was talking about this, I was like, okay, well, very well, she could be an empath and her empathic abilities mm-hmm. just really came forth when she was you know, going through puberty and middle school and whatever. But the fact that it's consistent with this one experience, it's not just like the pain and feelings of whoever's experienced something around her, but it's the specific scenario. Yeah. That's totally past life that reminds me of like you know when people have birthmarks and it's said that either they connect you to someone else or Mm -hmm. or that the birthmark maybe is an indication of how you perished in a past life yeah this is reminding me of that like there's this one distinct memory this is a trigger she has all the feelings flood back it's consistent this is the sign now i'm curious like if i have anything that i react to that way because i
1: cry a lot (laughs) but i i nothing's like sticking out as like oh it's like this type of situation makes me cry. Specifically, mm. maybe I've yeah. never died because
0: I'm an alien. <laughs> well, I think so. Given how fast you run, probably. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think for myself, and I don't think I have anything that's that's consistent. I think your audio is all wacky wookie again. Wacky wookie? I don't know why.
1: <gasps> maybe you're the alien. Don't do that. There's darkness behind you me. You might want to put a light
0: on. It's scary. But then people will see my gross apartment. Okay, you're finally back to normal. I didn't have my lights on because I'm like halfway in the middle of packing for a trip and like also half packing for my move, even though I don't move for two months. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, whoa, you're really (laughs) prepping. It's just a little messy. So I was like, ugh, I don't want to even bother. I'll just put this TV on, distract people with the light over here.
1: It is nice. It kind of, I mean, I feel like the ring light usually goes in front of people, but I feel like you have the ring light effect happening.
0: Well, it's because all the windows are right here. Ah. And it's dusk. So I'm getting the sunlight here, mm-hmm. and then backlit by the TV, and I'm not a pro, so it is what it is. Do we
1: invest in ring lights now? Should we put them on our, when we record our videos?
0: Do we need ring lights, or can we, like, literally just take our <laughs> phone and put the flashlight on? All right, let's just like, try. you tell me? Like, what is, is this not a ring light? I think it is. It, it looks like you have oh, a I ring light. I just put the phone in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a ring light. Okay, this well, is, now
1: I can't see because it's kind of blinding me. I think- <laughs> I looked it right in the eye, right in its eye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like when they tell you not to look at the sun directly,
0: and she's like, "Well, I need to." <laughs> but then there's always those crazy groups that are like, "We don't need water or food or sleep. We live off of the sun. Just eat the sun." And it's like you're not a freaking plant. There was a cult like that, and a lot of people died. Put my hair up. I was like cold earlier. I had the heater on, and as soon as we started recording, I just started sweating. I took my shirt off. It's the um, recording yeah, jitters. Top. Yeah. Okay, now it truly looks nude. <laughs> she naked.
1: I'm gonna take a screenshot of this because then I'll wait. Okay. Because <laughs> then I'll post that on social media. Like, check out Corin's nudity. Kidding. <laughs> I really do look naked. You do. I'm I'm wearing a tube top though. So I know. Oh, I just saw it moments ago. I didn't see you undressed. <laughs> I have to convince you that I
0: haven't taken my top off in the past few moments.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, shall we continue? We shall. With our regular programming? Okay. I thought this is pretty regular, but yes. Yes, yes, yes. It is. I have a story from Ella, and it is called Demon at Grandma's and Drinks with a Medium. Is my family cursed? Question mark. Hey, ghostesses with the mostest and Leia. I found your podcast during quarantine and fell in love instantly. I binge listen now while working, shopping, at the gym, and even started back to episode one to re listen. I may be obsessed. So, after excessive listening, I decided to write into you for the first time and share two stories. One is heartfelt and the other is scary. As everyone says, I am sorry for the lengthy email. Story number one drinks with a medium. I am from a very small town in Rhode Island. So small that my high school was three towns put into one school with a graduating class of 170. My father unexpectedly passed away a few days after his 61st birthday. I was just 21 years old and his death really broke my mother and I. After a few months of mourning and being in isolation with my only contact being my mom and my boyfriend at the time, I'll call him W. W wasn't the greatest person. Our relationship was definitely toxic, but I was blind to it at the time. One night, I decided to meet with a few of my girls to go have drinks in our towny bar, and this bar I used to frequent quite a lot prior to my dad's death. So, we're at that bar having drinks, and it's the first time I had been out after my dad died. We're sitting at a table catching up when I noticed this older man staring intensely at me from across the bar. I had never seen him before, which was weird because it's a towny bar, and I went there a lot. Our eyes met, and he made his way over to us. He came right up to me and said, Did your grandfather just die? Taken aback, I said, Um, no, my dad did. And he goes, Oh, okay, that makes sense. He had a big gray beard, right? Shook. I nodded. And he replied that this man was right behind me. Then this man's eyes look behind me for a few moments like he's listening to someone. And after a few moments, he goes, He wants you to know he's always with you, but he wants you to leave your boyfriend because he doesn't treat you right and you need to get out before it gets worse. But your dad will always be with you and he loves you and your mom and he didn't want to go. We exchanged a few more words and the man went back to his friends. I was shook. I didn't leave that boyfriend as soon as I should have. My dad even got into W's dreams telling him to treat me better. But that is another story for a different day, but it's comforting to know he's with me. Story number two, demons at Nana's, is my family cursed? Let me start off with a small recap. After my dad died in 2015, death did not want to leave my side. Death took my two dogs and both of my grandpas all between 2015 and 2016. My Nana and Papa had a beautiful house in Rhode Island and I loved going there as a kid, but I didn't like going upstairs. Even my cousin felt like something dark was there. My Papa was a Navy man and in incredibly good shape. He would get up every day and go to the gym at 4 a.m. sharp and then come home and tend to the lawn and my Nana. One morning, Nana woke up and usually Papa was already gone to the gym. But this morning, she saw a figure in her bedroom hallway. She said the figure was just black like a shadow, but she assumed it was Papa. She asked him to stop joking around and come to bed, but the figure didn't move. She started yelling at the figure. She thought it was my Papa and it just disappeared. Soon after that, My grandparents were out in the yard when all of a sudden my grandfather died. To this day, we don't know how it happened, and his funeral was delayed because the state had to do an intense autopsy due to the fact that his neck and spine had snapped. That took place in 2016. Then in 2020, my nana passed away. I was by her bedside when she passed in her home, and my mom and I lived a few hours away from her house, so we stayed at her house the weekend of the funeral. The night before the funeral, I was sleeping in Nana and Papa's bed when the scariest thing I ever experienced happened to me. Sleep paralysis. I woke up to the feeling of a cat climbing onto my legs, but I quickly realized that it wasn't my cat and that I couldn't move. I opened my eyes to see the scariest face I have ever seen. It was demon-like and grotesque, and it was holding me down and growling in my face. Terror took over me and I started praying to Archangel Michael to save me. After moments that seemed like an eternity, I felt comfort take over and the demon disappeared. Fast forward months after the funeral, I moved into my dream apartment right on the ocean. I had inherited a lot of my grandparents' furniture, as did my mom. And I had a big storage room, so my mom asked me to hold onto this big mirror that was from my nana and papa's house for her until her house renovations were complete. Shortly after moving in, things got weird. My cat, Salem, has a comfort sweater he wears, and I came home, and it was gone. So cute. oh! I know. I want, I want photos. Salem in a sweater. Yeah. The sweater was nowhere to be found until I randomly found it hanging on a hook I never knew was there in a locked closet. Then I always started waking up at 3 a.m. to nightmares. Things got so bad, I didn't know who to turn to, but decided to reach out to an ex's stepmother who was a practicing witch. She had me come over to explain everything that was going on. And she didn't feel it was a spirit that was from the house, but something else. After questioning me about what was in the house, we discovered the source, the mirror. That mirror was right in front of my Nana's deathbed. She explained to me that when a person passes away, mirrors become portals and it should have been covered because both sides, you know, heaven and hell will come when someone dies. My ex's stepmother gave me a blessing candle and a special oil to bless the mirror it helped for a little while, but then things began to pick up again. But this email's long enough, and I'll share that another time. Hope you enjoyed my stories and hope you can share with others. Keep on being fabulous, ladies, and keep on purring, Leia. See you on the other uh-huh. side, Ella.
0: I, what a cliffhanger, Ella. What a cliffhanger, I know. And also, just so much has happened. There's so much death. There's so many people and signs from the other side. And I'm very I'm grateful that her, <laughs> her poor dad is like, Constantly trying to get in contact with her, like no, listen to me, (laughs) yeah, listen to me. (laughs) I love that he he resorted
1: to haunting her boyfriend W's (laughs) at that (laughs) time's (laughs) dreams because he was like, well, Ella's not listening to me, so I may as well try the next best thing. Yeah, if a
0: random guy in some local bar can't get the attention of Ella like her dad wants, then he's just got to go straight to the source and say, hey, no you gotta go be good be nicer or you gotta go yes and ella i am so
1: sorry that you experienced so much death that's so sad and tragic and especially after like experiencing that death to then experience all these kind of terrifying hauntings related to a mirror that was in your grandparents house like should be a nice memory of
0: them right and then what that creature that she thought was a cat at first and then oh god that's just disturbing I mean, I feel like we've
1: heard a lot of sleep paralysis where people who have cats think it's related to their mm-hmm. cat because the climbing up your body is very cat-like. Right. But then you
0: look and that's no cat. Right. And you know, it's, mm-hmm. what's interesting is I feel like regardless of if you have an animal, sleep paralysis, that's one of the things. It's just when you don't have an animal, you immediately go, oh my God, something's crawling on me, demon. And then when you do have an animal, it takes you a moment to realize you're actually being attacked. Because you're so used right. to your animals just being around and, and moving about.
1: And it's, a, it's also interesting. So here's the thing that I have questions about. Because before her papa passed away, her nana that morning saw this shadow figure in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Which could be could be completely different and unrelated to the mirror. But it makes me question, like, was there someone... Did someone else previously own this mirror? And this mirror already had, like, a dark entity in it that... Was haunting their home mm. before Ella or came into possession of the marriage. Yeah,
0: maybe it was just awoken by what happened. Maybe it was always right. there, but just a bit dormant. And then as soon as it saw an opening or saw that there was other mm-hmm. activity with the deaths that were happening, it saw its opportunity to make itself known. Or it got riled up. Or was it an omen? Maybe it was attached to the family, too, and then was just like devastated and was lashing out. Right. It could
1: have also been an omen, like... Because it was before her papa had mm. passed away, so maybe it was like I don't know. People say the Reaper have, has a bad M.O. or bad rep because like he he's associated with death. But maybe he, perhaps he was just showing up beforehand because he knew something was going to happen. Right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And like the Reaper could be very well just a spirit that's there to accompany people over to the other yeah. side, so that they're not scared and lonely. There's someone. It's someone escorting the souls. Yeah, he can't help that he looks like that. He's centuries decades millenniums old right and i mean he could look like anything if he was an all gold glowing being and was constantly seen before people died people would be scared of gold like what we would think of as beautiful right now they would be scared of gold glowing beings because they'd be like that's the sign of death i am kind of already scared of gold glowing beings because i think i've seen one of
1: those in times square in new york and um what? They were begging for money to take a photo with me. And I was like, I don't want to take a photo with you. Oh, they wanted a photo with you. They didn't want you to have a photo with them. No, you know, like in Times Square, where it's like all those people and they're yes. like, you want to take a photo? And they,
0: they want money from Yeah, me. But usually the people that dress up in all gold and all silver, are you talking about the people that are like stand really, really still like their statues? Maybe this guy was like between statuing, but
1: he was scary.
0: <laughs> Maybe he was like, I like the look, but I don't have... I can't execute on the stillness, so I'm just going to paint yeah. my body and see what happens. And hope people take pictures of me. <laughs> and if they don't, I'm going to beg them to take photos of yeah, me. Yeah, please, can I take a photo with you? You should have been like, <laughs> I charge $5 per photo. So.
1: <laughs> the whole time he was actually a fan of Two Girls, One Ghost.
0: Oh, <laughs> poor little gold man. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, okay, well, let's venture <laughs> down to Knoxville, tennessee or shelby's encounter hello sabrina corinne leah and ghost my name is shelby and i'm from knoxville tennessee i recently listened to your encounters 106 episode and was reminded of a ghost experience from my days at university of tennessee during my freshman year i was required to take one english class at the time ut's english classes were themed based on each professor's preference which already that sounds freaking amazing I chose my class strictly based on rate my professor instead of the central subject. This was (laughs) against the recommendation of my then boyfriend, now husband, who strongly encouraged that I choose based on the theme. I did get the easier professor, but I ended up in a ghost and hauntings class. (gasps) What? I was terrified. (laughs) I had begun to dip my toes into horror films and ghost stories, but was not as comfortable with the strange and unusual as I am today. One of our first assignments that spring was to conduct our own ghost hunt. And UT, like many universities, boasts many ghost reports. Everything from an elderly woman that doesn't appreciate college women bringing boys to the dorm named in her honor to Civil War soldiers who occupied part of the campus during the siege of Knoxville. However, one story in particular stole my curiosity. Evening Primrose at Hoskins Library. The building itself has an incredibly creepy vibe. One of my first college classes was at Hoskins, and immediately I was reminded of The Shining because of that hideous 70s olive green color and the wallpaper patterns, which (laughs) honestly, that's coming back into style right now. Yeah, which is, I have thought. You can do it right. Yeah, you have to do it tastefully. It can't be like everything. Architectural Digest, Dakota Johnson, if you watch her tour, she does green like you should do green. Have you seen that? You should watch it, Sabrina. Mm -mm, No, I will. Okay. I was already sold that something wasn't right in Hoskins, but Evening Primrose's story confirmed all of my suspicions and gut reactions. Supposedly, she was a PhD candidate who studied so intently that she failed to eat. Although given my college eating habits, this seemed very unlikely to me. It is an enticing concept. Her favorite food was cornbread, and it was rumored that you could smell it from time to time. And my professor also informed me that he had smelled vanilla in the building. With this information, I gathered a small group of friends who does a ghost hunt alone, and we met in the evening at Hoskins Library to find Evening Primrose. Despite our consistent calls to her, we never had a response. We all confirmed an eerie feeling and a general discomfort. However, I was walking through a hallway asking Evening Primrose to confirm her presence and passed through a cold spot where I smelled vanilla so strong I could taste it. I still get the creeps when I drive by Hoskins all of these years later. Stay spooky and see you on the other side, Shelby. Okay, well that's so cool. I want to take a I want to go back to college and take a ghosts and hauntings class. Yes. That sounds so fun. I actually asked this recently in a happy hour at my new place of work. I just said like, did you guys have any fun superlatives at your universities? And it was such an interesting conversation. And I feel like we should have that on our on our Facebook group, like any really fun classes that anybody's taken cuz this is what we would have given Sabrina, like you and I in a heartbeat would have been signed up for that class. 100%. Although I guess we don't really need to sign up for it because we are, we study ghosts every week. We And we did go on our own little ghost hunts throughout our college campus. We sought it out. We did. (laughs) We didn't need a class. We did it on our own. But still, oh my gosh, so cool. Also, if you hear the
1: sounds on my end, they are coming from my own very mouth because that is what happened to me. Just kidding. (laughs) No, I don't know.
0: I was trying out a joke, and I don't know how it landed, so... Side effect of lawnmower sounds (laughs) emanating from your body. (laughs) Uh,
1: I don't know. I don't know what's happening here, but um,
0: (laughs) that is not coming from my brain or my mouth. But it is loud, so I apologize. Pretty loud. It is. Well, this is just going to be one of those episodes that has a bunch of background noise, and we're sorry about it. We're we're on a time crunch. Sabrina is going to need to lay down soon, so... (laughs) Okay, this is a short one, but every single word is fascinating.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's called My Chilling Connection to a Serial Killer.
0: Ooh. It's from Diane. So it's not really ghost, but I couldn't resist. Chilling connection and that just the subject line gave me chills. Chills.
1: Ooh. Okay. So my ex husband used to work as a skip tracer for Sears credit card. He had been trying to contact a customer who had stopped paying his bill and to no avail. So he called that customer's neighbors to try to get information about that customer. The neighbor was practically hysterical when my ex called. She said that her neighbor was crazy and really weird. And he just got into a fight or something and chased his boyfriend naked down the street. And the cops didn't do anything about it. She said that she kept trying to tell the cops that there was something wrong with him but they ignored her pleas to arrest him. This customer, Jeffrey Dahmer. The product he'd stopped paying for on his credit card? A refrigerator. I get chills
0: whenever I think about it. Oh my god, my mouth is a gape. <laughs> <laughs> ah! That is so freaking creepy. Why did he not need the fridge anymore? Did he finish eating all the bodies? He didn't need to refrigerate it anymore? No, he had the fridge, but he
1: wasn't paying it off on his credit card bill. What was he using the fridge for? He was storing body parts in there.
0: Also, like, Killer 101, don't be late on payments when you're using the product for something illegal. Like, pay your freaking bills. Yeah. Yikes, Jeffrey. Yikes. Is it bad that I now, instead of picturing Jeffrey Dahmer... Which I've seen a million photos of him. Now I picture Ross Lynch because he played <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. I know that's wrong. It's not bad. It's association. Yes, but it's the last, yeah, the last documentary-esque. It, it would be bad if you saw him and when you yelled, Jeffrey Dahmer! Jeffrey! <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, Jeffrey is like up there with like Ed Gein in terms of just Ugh. disturbing body mutilation. Horrific. Just really, yeah, it's... He's a name that's thrown around a lot, but I feel like the details of his case aren't. And so people think, when they think serial killer, they're like, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy. Like, Mm -hmm. he's one of the names, but he is a freaking disturbing name to throw around. And similar to
1: Diane's email, like, the neighbors reporting him, there were a lot of people who reported him as questionable. And I think, unfortunately, because it was, like, gay
0: crimes, they weren't taking Mm -hmm. it as seriously. And also, I've learned from experiences of people that I I know that it's actually really hard to have someone who's causing a ruckus who might be mentally ill or or whatnot to either like have treatment mm. like or be forced into treatment or just some sort of intervention by the cops. Unless there's actual physical harm done to someone, oftentimes these odd behaviors or these threats aren't really Handled beyond just taken seriously, yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's why so many cases show women who are like trying to document the stalkers or or threats that the police view as empty because nothing's actually happened. And then as soon as something does happen, it's so aggressive and so violent that there is no other chance. Like that was that. It's so upsetting. Also, I look like a floating head right now because now you do. (laughs) I went from being naked to a floating head.
1: All right, we'll do a series of photos. All right. A little floating
0: head. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. But oh, my gosh. Wow. That's, that's wild. And to think if those reports had been, if the police had gone inside, if they had been like, all right, let's look into this guy more, they may have caught him way earlier on than they did. Yeah. Because it sounds like many people reported him for a longer frequency of time. Yeah. Boy, oh, boy. Man. Okay. Well... Hmm, maybe I'll choose a nicer one right now. (laughs) Okay, this is from Care Bear. Well, she signed a Care Bear, but her name is Karen. Hello, my name is Karen, and I've been binge listening to your podcast at work. The more I listen to these paranormal stories, the more I think of some of the things that have happened to me that have been a little odd. From creepy things in the closet when I was little, seeing sparkles, lights around me when I was little, lucid dreaming, near-death experiences, and astral projection. I'm from San Diego, California, and most of my family is from Mexico. I never met my grandparents on my dad's side. My grandma actually died when my dad was about four years old, and my dad really keeps to himself and doesn't show much emotion, so everything I know from his childhood, I know from my mom. Anyhow, when I was 22, I had a dream that I was at a restaurant, but it was in a different era and my grandparents were there. My grandma didn't say much. But my grandpa was telling me that him and my grandma were obviously together and that when you die, you can time travel and that this era that we were in was their favorite Ah, era. Whoa. I know he said more about the afterlife, but I don't remember all the details since I'm 30 now. Oh, gosh. I wish. Wait, that's so cool. (laughs) So cool. He also told me that Alejandro was with them. I woke up later and I told my mom about the dream and I asked her, who's Alejandro? And she's like, Alejandro? I don't know anyone with that name. And then I told her that my grandpa told me in the dream that Alejandro was with him and my grandma. And then my mom was shocked and she said, Wait, Alejandro is one of your dad's brothers. He's your uncle. You never met him. He stayed in Mexico. And the last we heard, he'd gotten into drugs and no one knew his whereabouts. And we just believed him to be dead. I was astonished. But that made me – it was just a coincidence and kind of didn't really want to think about it since I didn't want to freak myself out. Whoa. My mom later told me that she told my dad and he couldn't believe that my grandparents were together and that they were possibly in heaven. Anyhow, now I'm happy to look back on this memory and think about my grandparents watching over me. Thank you so much for your time. Love your podcast. See you on the other side. Care Bear. Whoa. What a – really cool dream to have there's the time travel for you you get to do it in the afterlife you can zip on around in the afterlife that's so cool i love that her go ahead
1: well just that like she had never met them or really didn't know anything about them so they took it upon themselves to be like we want you to know us and and have a moment with us this like special time and like for a moment
0: in her dreams, she like went into like their little heaven their little heaven. They picked their favorite time, their favorite era, a little diner. Like it was, it was like she was invited into their date night. Like that's their regular date night. Like where should we go? Should we go to, back to the fifties diner this evening? And then she wow. just got brought in, and to the the Alejandro's with us. That's just that gives me chills. One hundred percent makes
1: her know it was a real experience, and it wasn't just yes. a random dream that you could
0: just you know wave away as a dream. Right. It was them. It was their spirits. <gasps> like, I know if my mom had a reading and she heard a certain family member's name that I won't say because I, I want all of her readings to be authentic. Uh-huh. But if she heard a certain family member's name, it would be the same thing. Because we do have a, a relative who is, we just kind of presume, has oh. has died and hasn't so been sad. in contact with anyone for a long time after getting into drugs and falling down a bad bad hole. But that's I feel like that's proof where it's like, it's so distant. It's like these relatives that you put in the back of your mind because you have lost contact with them, you've lost control. And then to hear their name again and to be like, they are with us, I feel mm-hmm. like I would just lose all breath in my body. I'd be like, <sighs> oh, my God, I'm so glad to hear that, that everybody is together. Yeah, it's so reassuring. And I think it's proof that no matter where you are in life, no matter what happens to you in the afterlife, you'll be reunited with the people that you wish to be connected yeah. with, whether you fall out during this time period or not. Wow. Wow. My mom actually
1: recently had, so she started dating this new guy and like, they're really, really happy. And my mom had a dream recently about like, and and she said it was like the most vivid dream she's had in a long time. And she has not dreamt about her dad in 25 years. And he passed away before I was born.
0: Mm -hmm. So,
1: she said she had this dream and they were in I think in her bisnana's, in or in my business or so her grandmother's house and her grandmother was there her mom was there and her dad was there and they were all just like sitting in the in like the living room sitting on the couches having conversation and she said she didn't really talk to her mom but like her mom like was there and acknowledged her but then she had a full conversation with her dad that she hasn't had and she hasn't seen him Oh, my gosh. Or spoken to him in 27 plus years. And she said it was so vivid. And it felt like, or I think he said to her, like, he approves of their relationship and, like, really likes her new boyfriend and all this stuff. And she was just, like, she woke up from it being shocked and, like, so happy and and
0: had this, like, really reaffirming moment with her dad. That makes me feel like she's on the right path. Because if she went so long without seeing her dad and then he finally sits down to, to have a conversation and like give approval and kind of encourage her along. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's the sign right there that she's right where she's supposed to be. I agree. Because otherwise why wait so long? I know. So I think it's a,
1: I, I, even she said it was like a very, very special felt real moment.
0: Wow. Oh my gosh. I know. So nice. Isn't See, it? this is where you get it from. You, you were always talking about how many experiences your dad has, but your mom is having dream visitations from family members, and that's what you experience as well.
1: That's true. I guess both of my parents are magical.
0: Magical humans. <laughs> they sprinkled it down into my DNA.
1: Okay. This is a story from Raphael, and it's called Stingy Tooth Fairy. <laughs> I already like it. Eek! Hi, girls and ghosts. I love your podcast. You girls make my day at work go by so quick, and you can call my Raphael or Rafa. Forgive me for I am very drunk as I'm writing this email. I needed a bit of liquid courage to talk about my paranormal experiences. Anyway, (laughs) let's crack into it. When I lost my last baby tooth, I did the usual. I put it under my pillow and waited for the Tooth Fairy to collect it and leave me some cash. Usually the Tooth Fairy would leave a quarter or sometimes even a half dollar. However, this time, the Tooth Fairy left me a dollar bill. It was around 3 a.m. in the morning when I noticed the exchange and I was seven years old at the time. I woke up to the exchange and eagerly reached under my pillow to feel that there was a bill there instead of a quarter or any other type of loose change. Once I felt the bill, I felt a tug. Something or someone was tugging at the bill from under my freaking pillow. I began playing tug of war with this unknown entity for what seemed forever After what seemed to be an eternity, I managed to gain a solid grasp on the bill and viciously tugged at it with all my might. I finally got the upper hand and punched myself in the nose as a result of this paranormal tug of war. This was the 90s and every cent counted. Needless to say, I got very little sleep that night, and in the morning I saw that the bill was torn. I don't know how to explain this phenomena. I have another story that is more along the extraterrestrial... And it is called, Did I See a UFO or a Supernova? Question mark. One night, after drinking with a friend of mine, we wound up at his house in the Encino Hills. He passed out on the couch next to the fireplace, and I went outside to have a cigarette. It was the dead of winter, sometime between Christmas and New Year's Eve, and I remember this because it was cold. I was nearly done with my cigarette when I looked up into the sky and noticed a bright yellowish star. It seemed to pulsate in the brightness. I mean, it would get really bright, and then it would dim down to almost not being able to see. It did this pattern for a few moments, but it wasn't until it, in quotes, seemed to notice me noticing it. As soon as I noticed it, it got very bright. Then it began to dim and eventually diminished. I know it was not a plane or a helicopter. It stayed in one position. And I have read about stars dying and how long it takes for their light to reach us. I would like to think that I witnessed a star dying, because that's very rare. Or maybe I saw an alien studying me and noticing me noticing it. To this day, I look up to the sky and study what is out there. Another story was when I was de Mayo. The same friend and I were drinking, and we went back to his place to watch the movie and listen to some music that he had just finished producing. I was close to lacking out and ready to go home and sleep in my own bed. I felt extremely tired, and I needed some water to sober up. My friend gave me some water and I quickly chugged it and it was almost 3 a.m. So I decided maybe it's time for me to head home. As I think to myself, it's time to go. I hear right in my ear, a disembodied voice say, don't go. I immediately sprung up from where I was sitting and turned to my friend and asked him, bro, did you hear that? He replied with, what did you hear? We left it at that. And I chose not to leave his house until the morning. (laughs) Luckily, I got home safe when I was sober in the morning. Now for his last story. Earthquake spidey sense question mark. I am a very heavy sleeper. And one morning around 6 a.m. I woke up from a very deep sleep. Pretty much I was in a dream within a dream like inception. I don't remember any of the details of this dream, but I do remember someone telling me to wake the fuck up. One thing about me is it takes a lot to wake me up from a dream state like a lot. But after this voice, I sprung up out of this deep sleep, said to myself, something's going to happen. About three seconds after saying that, an earthquake hit. I live in the San Fernando Valley, and any earthquake below a 4.0 is nothing to be worried about. Us SoCal natives just shrug it off. The earthquake that hit that morning was definitely less than a 4.0, so why would my spidey sense alert me to such a thing? Us SoCal natives just roll over and go back to sleep. Ain't nobody got time for this. A longtime friend and I have discussions about growing out our hair and how doing so has some sort of connection to the earth, almost like a GPS. I have been growing my hair for almost five years and this is not my first time growing out my hair. In the past, I would donate my hair and when I did it, I would lose my sense of direction after cutting it all off. Even if something so simple as going from my house to a few city blocks down the road, I would get lost. This coming March will be five years since I've cut my hair and I am terrified of cutting it. Oh, so I think he's implying that because his hair is growing out, that's why he had
0: the spidey sense. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm getting real... um aurora not aurora who's the rapunzel, rapunzel. and vibes yes
1: he says keep up an amazing work and as always see you on the other side Raphael." Woo!
0: magical hair that's my takeaway out of everything that's happened i'm like he's magical hair
1: who's the is it in the bible magical hair the guy who like does
0: oh gosh you're asking the wrong person
1: samson samson he like couldn't lose his he, he basically if he cut his hair he lost his strength Something like that. This was on the Bible.
0: My church is disappointed in me. I literally was confirmed. I went until I was like 16 to CCD. I remember none of this. That's okay. Um, You remember a lot about
1: cartoons and that's just what your brain chose to keep in (laughs) mind. Quiz me about Jimmy Neutron and I'll tell
0: you everything.
1: (laughs) But I mean, I I don't know. There is something cool about the fact that like your hair length is magical and like keeps you more in tune with Mm -hmm. the earth.
0: I'm very curious about this alien UFO, like it almost mimicked a star death, which Mm -hmm. is very interesting. It's one, I feel like lately, a lot of the UFO stories that we've been hearing involve some sort of like cloaking or imitation or some sort of attempt to hide what it truly is, which is so fascinating. It is interesting. Like if it is a UFO,
1: it almost is like winking at him by like the, Mm -hmm. you know, shining and then fading. Or, I mean, it is... A cool idea to think that he witnessed a star dying mm-hmm.
0: or it's like last light reaching Earth. It's so freaky deaky to think about space. It just blows. That's one of the things that I used to love doing when I was living in Vermont and I was younger. And I'd just be like out on the trampoline with friends looking up at the stars and just, or out on the boat with my parents and we'd be looking up at the stars and just talking about Earth and space. And it's, it just, love it's it. It's like equal parts fascinating and just absolutely terrifying crippling anxiety mhm can't handle it cuz it's just so big yeah and i feel like we don't have any control cuz like we see we see the stars die but we're seeing them die from thousands hundreds of thousands of years ago like we are so incapable of, to my knowledge i don't know if someone's <laughs> hiding stuff out there but well we know people are hiding stuff yeah we're far from guardians of the galaxy
1: yeah yeah it is fascinating okay the other thing that's so fascinating is this very first story about the tooth fairy and the dollar bill because I know I have two theories. The first being that the tooth fairy forgot that usually they leave quarters or like change and accidentally like slipped out a dollar bill and was trying to like change it back out. But Raphael had caught it first. And so they played tug of war or has the tooth fairy his whole life been leaving a dollar. But then there's some other
0: entity who takes the dollar and leaves a quarter instead and is pocketing. That is exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) I was thinking there was some entrepreneurial spirit out there that's like, this kid will never know. I'll take the dollar, I'll leave a quarter and it will be totally fine. And I'm profiting. I get 75 cents in a pocket for every tooth this kid loses. This entity is following the tooth fairy all over the world and making a real profit. It could be the Easter bunny. Because <gasps> then he's funding, or Santa or something, like they're funding their gifts and their toys and their hunts and everything by stealing from the Tooth Fairy. And the poor Tooth Fairy is just going around, like has no idea. It's just like, la, 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 I'm giving dollars to kids. And here are all these other creatures out there. Well, we're on to you. Making a pretty penny. We're on, we're to, on you. to you. Wow. And the RIP dollar, man, oh man. Proof. Proof. Okay. I have an email. It's called I Was Only Months Old When They Tried to Take Me. <gasps> Aliens? Something like that. Hello, Corinne, Sabrina, Ghost, and Leia and Fruit Fly. Some forget about him slash her, but not me. <laughs> I almost forgot about Fruit Fly. Thank you so much for reminding us. We have, we have, I have a baseball ha- cap with the Fruit Fly on it. We have him on our merch yeah we do i really hope you guys will enjoy this story that my parents seem to be intrigued with because they like telling it to literally everyone (laughs) that they meet (laughs) my name is janice i know pretty fucking cool i love that so proud of her name i'm 27 and i currently live in high point north carolina not sure what else people share about themselves when they email you, but I'll be glad to provide you with my resume, my social, my birth certificate, <laughs> anything upon request. So, oh.
1: Janice, you are a prime
0: uh, person for our cult that we will be joining. Yes, the cult, the pyramid scheme. Also, don't don't respond to any emails that feel suspicious, yes. Janice. <laughs> Please do not give anyone your social security no. number. No. So here's my story about when my parents and I used to live in Mexico in a house that was known as El Museo, the museum. I was born in a small town in the mountains called Sultepec, which is about two hours from the capital. And my parents were newlyweds and they just had me. And I was about one to three months old. We lived in this huge house that was like this old timey Spanish house. And when I say old, I mean that you actually had to go outside to an outhouse in order to use the bathroom. One night around two to three in the morning, my mom... Needed to get up to use the bathroom, and she was afraid to go alone, so she woke up my dad and asked him to go with her. They thought it was okay to leave me on the bed. I was sleeping with them, and since I was asleep, they didn't want to wake me just so that my mom could take a piss. So in order to go outside of the house, to the backfield, into the outhouse, you have to go through this long hallway that took you out into this open sunroom and through the door to the backyard. It's a long journey to the bathroom. Yeah. They weren't gone for too long, maybe about five to seven minutes tops. My mom said that it actually would have taken her longer if it was during the daytime, but since it was pitch black, dark out, she really wanted to get the hell out of that outhouse. So when my parents came back into the room, they saw that I was not there anymore. They panicked, but not for long because they found me laying on the floor about 10 feet away from the bed, close to the other door in their room. And keep in mind, I was one to three months old at this point. And the floor in their bedroom was rock hard. It was cement. And when they found me, my mom said that I was wide awake and I was smiling towards the door that I was close to. Oh. And I know this shit scared me when I first heard this story. My mom started crying because she thought someone broke into the house and tried to take me. Oh. And so my dad immediately searched the house entirely looking for signs of a break-in. My mom said that they couldn't explain what happened to me that night and they couldn't figure out how I ended up far from the bed and not crying. I was months old, so there was no way I could just get up and walk to the door and stop mid-step, lay down, and then smile towards the door. My gosh. My parents always say that it's what they call a duende, an elf, maybe a gnome, that must have picked me up and tried to take me before my parents got back. Since their stories about duendes are always about duendes taking kids to play with. My dad also mentioned him seeing these creatures in our backfield when he was outside watering the peppers. And since there were rows of these pepper trees... He always just saw very little since the peppers were in the way of him seeing their faces and stuff like that. Well, that's it for now. I have many more stories for another time that my parents experienced back home in Mexico. Maybe I can start on another one now, but I won't send it until later. Stay spooky and groovy, ladies. Ghost, Leia, and Fruit Fly. Shivers, (laughs) Janice. I love that. Shivers. Shivers. Wait, she just sent – she also attached a link of – Yes. which we had another listener email us recently you know what they sound like you did you covered some cryptid recently our listener leah actually emailed us recently and was like hey have you heard of el duende you should totally look it up um apparently Ooh. there are a bunch of according to leah there are a bunch of videos sprouting up mostly in south america about el duende which is this like dwarf or alien or er, uh, sorry elf type creature oh it reminds me of the tokolosh that you talked about oh the tokolosh yes Honestly, seems about right. Just okay. Going off of Leia's email, she said they all have very consistent walking patterns. They range in height from seven inches to two point five feet. They're tiny. Yeah, she was just saying like we should look into it. We should do. We should do next time. We can figure out a time to to cover El Duende. We we totally should. Actually, honestly, I think I already put it. In. Did you? I think I. I Good. think I made another like cryptid or, or some sort of thing and was like El Duende. I mean, that's honestly the best when listeners send us an email and we're, like, (gasps) Mm -hmm. instantly putting this
1: in the Excel so we can cover it and learn more about it. Yes. But that's really frightening. I mean, okay, it does sound like Duendes are good, though, because the fact that Janice as a baby was, like, smiling and happy and, like, looking at the door, like, she didn't seem terrified that
0: this. Maybe. Or she just didn't know any better because if Duendes take children to play with, like, quote, unquote, play with, maybe never return, like, a kidnapping, like, fairy is, Mm -hmm. like, the fae. Maybe it's just a cover. Like I'm thinking of a real life example of this is coyotes. Sometimes when coyotes hunt in packs, one coyote will stray away and will go find like a dog or cat or some small animal and act really playful and lure the animal back to the pack to be killed. Oh, I hate that. So it's like this manipulation, like I'm friend, I'm friend. We're just playing, like I'm acting I don't domestic. Like that at all. And it's nope. trickery. Yes, and so that's how I'm I'm categorizing El one day in my head right now. Well, I'm glad that her parents
1: got back when they did and prevented mm-hmm. whatever it was from happening.
0: Yes, and I'm so curious. I mean, her beyond all of the pepper bushes, the pepper plants, her dad would catch glimpses of something out there some creature. And so I'm so curious in that area of other people also caught glimpses of it and you bet your ass I'm going to YouTube video this right after we were done so I can yes. see it caught on
1: camera and that is how you will spend the rest of your evening okay okay this is from ally and it is called my late grandfather led me to my soulmate hello my name is ally long time follower and second time emailing this is a light-hearted story about how my grandfather who has passed on sent me my soulmate for some backstory My grandfather was and still is the best man I have ever known. We are a close family and I have so many great memories of him growing up. Spending summers before and after school with him, he always used to take me and my siblings to this water fountain in town where you're supposed to make wishes with coins. He would collect all his quarters and give them to us as gifts to make wishes. We would go and he would tell us, turn around, close your eyes, and dream big. And then we would all toss the coins over our heads and into the fountain. He would say our wishes and dreams would come true because this fountain was special. We believed him, and we loved doing this with him. Fast forward to when I was 25 years old. He suddenly passed away, and it was a shock and completely devastating to me and our family and our community. He was a great man. Unfortunately, him and my great-grandmother both passed away within 24 hours. It was a very hard time. Wow. I came home after his and her funeral, devastated, and I placed his memory card on my coffee table and went to bed where I sobbed and asked him if I make him proud because I felt like a failure at this point in my life. I was in an abusive relationship with a man who was mentally and physically abusive, and I felt lost and worthless. I woke up the next morning, and his memory card had been moved from the coffee table to a sign on my wall that my sister gave me. The sign says, You are loved and his memory card was perfectly balanced on top of the sign hanging on the wall. I lived alone at this time, so I knew that no one had moved it. And as soon as I saw it, it fell off, and I afterwards tried so many times to get it to stay back on there as it had been, but it wouldn't stay for me. I believe he moved it there as a message to me in my broken heart. A few months later, I got the courage to tell my parents about the abuse I was enduring with my boyfriend, and they helped me cut the ties with him. I believe he also sent me that strength. Fast forward a year later, and I had been single for the whole time, and one day, late at night, I felt this strong pull to go to the fountain my grandfather used to take us to as children. I went and sat on the edge, lost in my thoughts, and I saw a man casually checking out the scenery, and I told him to make a wish. We hit it off and talked for hours at the fountain. He was new in town, just graduated med school, and was in his residency at the local hospital. He didn't know anyone and was exploring on his own. We exchanged numbers after I said I could show him around, and we had this amazing connection. I was genuinely surprised at how much we had in common, and he is the sweetest man. So nice and caring, and we have now been together for over a year and just bought a home together. The kicker is, he told me his middle name is Lawrence, which is my grandfather's name. I truly believe my grandfather pulled me out there that night and brought me this amazing man. I recently had a dream where my grandfather appeared and shook my boyfriend's... Oh my God, I'm crying. Oh, And shook my boyfriend's hand and told him he was so happy that I found him and he was grateful that I had him to take care of me for the rest of my life. My grandfather sent me all the strength and happiness in the world, even after he was gone. Thank you so much for listening and reading,
0: Allie. That is beyond beautiful. Right? The sweetest. As if everything he was saying wasn't or all of his signs weren't signs enough I the know. man that she meets and ends up with has the same middle name as her like it's so sweet and like the fact that she just had this random pole
1: to go to this fountain
0: you know yes. like I, it's just uh, so beautiful i have chills see this is this is a great example of like you know perhaps they would have ended up together in the end but it was just that little nudge that extra uh-huh. shove that that made it happen perhaps a little bit sooner rather than later
1: i also do wonder if like because our now boyfriend was exploring by himself and like happened to go to that fountain like i wonder if grandfather lawrence was doing a little pushing on both sides you know yes
0: oh that's so or or if he has a relative that's mm. oh uh working alongside her grandfather and they're Stop. being together. It's too cute. It's so cute. Ugh. I just like the idea too, because you go through so many heartbreaks as a child and, and young adult. And I just feel like there's so many, you know, it's like the classic, you learn from your mistakes and you meet wrong people. And I just like the idea that you can sometimes skip past all of that because you have someone on the other side who knows who you're supposed to be with and can't literally can't help themselves, can't wait for you to have this happiness. And so they just push it along as soon as they possibly can.
1: Yeah. Also, Allie, how amazing for you and courageous of you to be able to get out of a toxic relationship and now have found something that is so much more, yeah, so much better for you.
0: Your g very happy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have one that's sweet to end on as well. This is called Ghost Pupper and it's from Ashley. Hello, TGOG crew. My name is Ashley, and I'm new to your podcast. I've been binge listening, and I love it all, and I wanted to share my experience, and I hope it brings you some happiness. I wanted to share this story of my sweet pup, JC. I got JC when she was nine weeks old, and she was my absolute world. I don't have kids, so JC was my baby. She lived the best life and brought joy to everyone that she met. She was a Pomeranian slash poodle mix. And had the best ears ever. I've attached oh. a picture of her along with her big ears and fluffy white tail. <sighs> oh. As if 2020 couldn't have sucked more, JC fell in August and hurt her back. She oh. then had a stroke and then she went blind. Even though all, even through all of that, she still had the sweetest spirit about her. Unfortunately, she crossed the rainbow bridge on September 14th of 2020. And my heart was so incredibly broken. After she passed, it was common for those of us in the house to still hear her toenails clicking on the wood floors and even feel her snuggling up against us in bed. She never truly left us. Even though my world was shattered, my heart knew that there was room for another pupper in my house because it was just way too quiet. So I began a search for a perfect new baby. Lots of meetups at local shelters fell through and nothing was really working out. I was having dinner with a friend when he mentioned that he knew some puppies that were trying to find homes. It lined up perfectly that I ended up getting my new girl, Posey Pearl, picture also attached, only 11 days after J.C.'s passing. Turns out that the former owners weren't even looking for new homes for these puppies, but decided to start looking that same day that J.C. had passed. Posey will look at the box with J.C.'s ashes often and wag her tail. She will also stand in the hallway wagging her tail, barking, and trying to play with absolutely nothing. (gasps) At least nothing that we can see. I can't help but feel like J.C. is there watching over our family and guiding Posey through life like she's training her to properly take care of her people. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that she sent Posey to me to make sure that I would be okay. Sorry, this is not a super spooky one, but I wanted to share a heartwarming story of how a pup's love never ends. Stay safe and love on your critters a little extra today. (sighs) Ashley.
1: Oh my gosh, JC really does
0: have the cutest ears. JC, one of JC's ears is larger than JC's head. They are oh. so incredibly fluffy and cute. She looks fake. She totally looks fake. They look like the fake ears you put on your head. Yes. JC looks like she would be just the sweetest little addition to the island of misfit toys. Oh, so my gosh. gosh. You're right. <laughs> the proportions are like. Just off, but like in the sweetest, <laughs> oh. most adorable, cutest, lovable way. So cute. And Posey's just as cute with her floppy ears. Posey's giving those, those like actual sweet puppy dog eyes. Those eyes.
1: Oh, I
0: love that they're playing together. I know. Uh, they're their best buds. I know. And it kind of sounds like Ashley and everyone that was in that space was experiencing JC after JC passed but then now a lot of the focus a lot of J.C.'s Spirit's focus is on Posy like just yeah. like, hanging out having a sibling having a good time
1: yeah it's more JC's <laughs> almost more for Posy than than for
0: yeah she's like woohoo for another Ashley. another sibling for me mhm
1: so funny oh so <laughs> sweet oh so sweet Ashley, you're lucky now you have a little ghost pup and i mean it, it's so heartbreaking that you lost JC but JC's still there and now you have JC and Posey. And
0: Posey. You've both.
1: Also, don't apologize for not for the story not being spooky because we love heartwarming stories. We do. Sabrina cried in this episode. We want some of those as well. I love crying. It's cathartic. And to be honest, I forgot that I wasn't feeling well because I just got so into our podcast and these stories that I feel great now. Good. I'm glad. See what you guys have done to Sabrina. You've brought her back. You've done this for me. You brought me back.
0: <laughs> and I did not crawl on the ceiling. So no, th- that's God. good. That's a success in my books. Although I feel like anything could be crawling on my ceiling right now because it's pitch dark. Very. It is. The worst thing, too, is that I closed my bedroom door and there's no lights on in there. So I'm going to have to walk into a pitch dark room.
1: Oh. Use your use your uh, ring light on your phone. <laughs> the flashlight
0: the ring light that's like that's literally the most 2021 thing you could ever say use the ring light on your phone it's like you mean the that flashlight was the joke but yes i know i know i know it's <laughs> like when people call any photo they call it a selfie it's like no this is a regular photograph i know oh my gosh oh man well wow. please everybody please email us your spooky tales your heartwarming tales aliens bigfoot dreams premonitions straight up just ghost stories we love a good ghost story Mm -hmm. anything that has happened to you that's a little strange macabre send it our way our email is two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com and please rate and
1: review us on itunes that means so 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 much to both of us but especially me i like to cry of joy from them and not sadness so Mm -hmm. take that as you will um And join our pyramid scheme because it's just fun. And we don't ask for your social security number. So all good. Um, <laughs> Basically, all you have to do is tell your friends to listen to our podcast or share it on social media or join us on social media. Join our Facebook, our Instagram. Sometimes we tweet. I don't know. Maybe it's mostly like liking your tweets about us. So
0: tweet about us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also thank you to Brooke and Eric from Upfire Digital for editing the podcast. And we will...